Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Toyota Brookhaven services all makes and models. That could be why we were voted best service department the past two years. Come see why. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotabrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota Brookhaven, we deliver. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the story straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no worries, it's how life goes, baby. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. You want to know what it's like to be an actor that has continuously worked successfully in the tough film and TV world for decades without ever missing a beat or slowing down? We're talking staying power, baby. Someone with such a unique talent, look, and skill set. You know, it's rare in the arts. But my guest today on In a Mississippi Minute, he keeps going and going and going. I mean, it could be his toughness from growing up in the South Bronx or simply that he's just that good. Please welcome multiple award-winning actor and my pal, Jack McGee. What's up, Jack? Hi, Steve. How are you? I thought you were talking about Dennis Quaid. Until you said the look, and then I knew it must have been somebody else. We're talking to there Jack McGee. What an actor. What a man. Hey, Jack, what took so long? You bring up Broadway. It's your first time to do Broadway. What What took so long? Well, you know, Steve, it wasn't in my wheelhouse. You know, when you, when I, I've been fortunate enough to work uh, in this business for over 35 years, and and uh, and I've had some degree of, uh, of success with, uh, with working in TV and film. But a lot of times the uh, the uh, the representation that you have, they don't think to send you out on uh, theatrical stuff. Number one, it doesn't make them any money. Mm-hmm. Number two, you have to really have a passion uh, for the stage. And although I've done some stage work uh, throughout the years, it's not something that I really work at. A lot of guys uh, that I know uh, work really, really hard at it, and they train, and they're constantly doing small shows and stuff. But it wasn't in my wheelhouse. And uh, my wife and I were... Uh, romancing the idea about moving back to the country uh, in Woodstock, New York. Mm-hmm. And we were back there uh, uh, planning a uh, uh, look-see for about five or six houses. And two days before we left, my uh, the agent called and they said, they'd like to see you for Iceman Comet. And at first I had, I had to think to myself, what the hell is Iceman Comet? <laughs> and then I, uh, they said, but the only thing is you have to put yourself on tape because they're only seeing people in New York next Thursday. And I said, well, I'm going to be in New York next Thursday. So we cut our uh, week. Uh, we took a day out of our trip up at Woodstock, right. and uh, and I went down and, and I read for it. And it took a month or two for them to make their decision, but then they uh, they offered me a role in this thing, and uh, it was shocking. It was uh, it was thrilling. It was uh, it was uh, uh, creatively stimulating. It was uh, horrifyingly <laughs> scary in, initially. Yeah. And uh, and then, uh, but but it was great. And I also found out. 
that I don't ever need to do it again. <laughs> you know, it, it, you did it. It's too much like work. Well, okay, so but live theater versus. You know, learn, you still have to get prepared. You got to be ready for camera. Right. You can't. You right. can't spend. You can't do forty-two takes. It costs money. Right. You got to deliver. Right. What's the? Right. What do you feel like the difference is? Do you get a little well, you, a charge? You get the, live? Immediate, the immediate, the immediate gratification. You know, because you're right there. And this is a play that uh, it's it's by Eugene O'Neill. Who, if anybody knows anything about Eugene O'Neill, he doesn't write musicals. It's he, he writes some pretty heavy pieces, and uh, so uh, I was on stage for for about three hours and, and, and 45 minutes. And not that you're constantly involved in the dialogue, because it's a pretty large cast, And uh, but but you still have to keep, you, you learn to, uh, you try to go into it and learn uh, learn to, how to keep it alive and how to keep yourself invested when the, when the focus and the dialogue isn't yours. And right. uh, luckily enough, I, I, I asked a friend of mine who is uh, a very, very talented director and actor himself, I asked him to help me, and the, and I should never have asked this. But he said to me, "Well, you willing to do go to any lens?" I said, "Sure." And he, he says, "Well, I'd like you to write out the entire script by hand." And I thought to myself, "Why did I even call this guy?" You know. Yeah. But what happened was, well, and I'm not a big reader, and I really don't write a lot. Uh, but uh, I found that after I finished writing this thing, about three weeks before I had met any of the other cast members. I knew who these other eighteen characters were. Ah. Now it's the play was set back in the in the nineteen nineteen twelve at a bar, and and these guys were all just a bunch of hopeless drunks. And that's something I have some direct experience with. Tell me more about that. Well, I've I've been I've been cleaning silver now for some twenty three years. Wow. And uh, so uh, they, these guys are really really down and down on their luck, and they're all dreamers. The common theme throughout the entire uh, play, the piece. Is uh, they, uh, gets mentioned forty two times in the in the dialogue. They're uh, pipe dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, they're all going to get. I played an Irish cop who got thrown off the job twenty years ago, and I still throughout the entire play, I'm insisting that once once they're going to they're going to overturn this case, and I'm going to get my job back. And the, another guy is, is going to get his job back. Is uh, Bill Irwin, an incredibly talented yes. actor, yes. is going to is going to uh, is going to get a job back in the circus. And uh, you know, in the like, and, and, and it's just. It was it just scattered with a bunch of incredibly uh, talented and seasoned theater actors. You know, there's some great, great guys that I met. There's a guy named Neil Huff, H-U-F-F, who, uh, who was in the show. And then since then, the, the same producer, Scott Rudin, produced uh, um, the Iceman Comet. He's also the producer now of the, the smash hit To Kill a Mockingbird. Right, right. So three of our cast members uh, uh, actually went on from our show to go on to do that next show. So it, it's a very... It's a very small but a very uh, a very connected community. They're very supportive of each other, and uh, and I was welcomed right in, and uh, and it, it was a fabulous experience. I had three hundred people that I know because I kept them on the calendar to make sure I could say hello to them after each show. Very cool. Over three hundred people that are, that are in my world came to see this thing, and yeah. it was pretty exciting. I love it. We're talking to Jack McGee. Just FYI, if you kill a mockingbird in our state, being the state bird, you probably get in trouble. So just 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 you know. I'm just unless you unless you know the right people. Unless you know the right people, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I do know yeah, the well, right we are, people. We, we are talking about your state. <laughs> yeah, yeah, baby. It's all about the people you know. It's the best, baby. It's the best. Hey, yeah, Jack. Yeah. Did let yeah. me ask you something. Have you ever been asked? And you may. I don't know how you're going to take this. So it, the good news is, I know you're from the Bronx. You're probably a good fighter, but we're we're miles and we're a couple thousand miles apart right now. So I feel safe asking right. you this question. 
I always feel like when I see you, I, I see a modern day James Cagney. I've always felt that way. And, it, and, and I don't yeah. know if your voice, if your look, it's your vibe, the way you act. Um, I just always felt that. And, and, and are you, could you be his illegitimate son? Am I going to get killed the next time I see you? Will you I hug wish, me? I what wish, got? I wish I was. And let me tell you why. This is so amazing because I've had this throughout the years. And uh, when I saw James Cagney dance down the steps of the White House in Yankee Doodle Bandy, I was about maybe 12 years old. And, my, and I said to my dad, that's what I want to do. So he's wow. the guy, he's the reason I got into this business. And here's a, a really, really crazy story I'll share with you. Are you familiar with the, the, the great character actor Charles Durning? He I just am. passed yes. away. Yes, yes. Years. All right. Well, Charles Durning, I had always been told how much I look like him. Uh, and, and then I finally got, a, got cast in a, in a small film uh, playing his son. And the first day I met him, I, I was I was nervous. You know, you get nervous when you see guys you, that you idolize. Of course. And uh, he was just the best guy. He would tell stories not only about uh, uh, when he was uh, in World War II. He's one of the most decorated guys in World War II. But he used to, he told me that he used to have dinner with uh, with James Cagney every Thursday night for around fifteen years. And I was absolutely blown away. So every story that he told about these wow. dinners, I was just glued to. And then. When, uh, I also went on to work with Charlie later uh, when he uh, played Dennis Leary's father in Rescue Me when I was doing the show uh, with Dennis. And he got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. So I saw I got to go to this. So I, he said, please come down. So I, I went down to the, to the ceremony. And oddly, not oddly enough, it just so happened he got his star right next to James Cagney. Hmm. And I remember that I had this picture, a profile picture of myself and Charles Durning nose to nose. Just and I and I brought it with me a copy to give to his uh, his wife Marianne and his daughter and I gave it to them and uh, and I says Marianne I know we've met before uh, and then you know how I feel about your husband um, did he ever tell you about the and she stopped me about the first time you met I says yes and she uh, and she says, when he when he when he said what he said to you he said no she said to me what did he say to you. I says, he looked at me, he says, who do you think you are looking like me? And we both laughed about it, that I was thrilled that he would even pass that story along. This is really eerie, Steve, because of what you just said. He said, did he tell you the, the rest of it? I said, no, not, he didn't tell me anything about the rest of it. She told me, she said to me, that's the same thing that James Cagney said to him. Wow. Could I and be, I could was, I be that, that good? That, I could be that good. That's my, well, huh. that's my only, that's my only <laughs> Hollywood story. And, the, and if I was to hear me tell it to somebody, I wouldn't blame it if anybody believed it. But I know that it happened, and that was that wow. solidified. Uh, and then for occasionally, uh, there, I, I get that. So for you to come say that to me is is, is a thrill. It's pro- I it's feel like thrill. I feel like it's prophecy. I'm Steve Azar. We're with the fabulous Jack McGee. He's hanging out in L.A. taking care of his bride. He's a good husband, a good man, and what an actor. You're in a Mississippi minute. Stand by. the story behind the sports headlines. Michael Borky breaks it down four days a week on the Borky Show podcast from Super Talk Mississippi. Borky. Borky. Free and on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. Just search for Super Talk anywhere you listen to podcasts. 
In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I get the ball when the game's on the line. We're with Jack McGee. I'm Steve Azar. We're in a Mississippi Minute. We don't even take breaks here when I'm with Jack. Jack. We don't need breaks. We don't. Who needs a break? Jack, tell me about... First of all, take me back to growing up. You, you you touched on it a little bit. Growing up in the Bronx, what was it like? Well, I grew up in the South Bronx, down near Yankee Stadium. And I'm the youngest of eight. And uh, my dad was a pro ball player back in the late 20s, early 30s in the minor leagues. Wow. He, uh, he, he caught Satchel Paige and Dizzy Dean and, and the like. Hmm. But he, uh, his, the, only, the only hook for him is that uh, my mom finally said to him when they had three kids and he was still traveling trying to make it, she said to me, you know, uh, honey, you're never going to be able to hit the curveball. you got to get a job, <laughs> you know. So, uh, hey, wait, I, wait I, your I, mom said that? My mom said that to him. Wow. He had a, I don't know how she probably broke it to him a little bit easier than mm-hmm. that. But uh, he, uh, he, was, he was a hardworking guy. He was a good man. And, uh, and my mother was just a terrific, terrific woman. And we, we grew up in the South Bronx. I grew up in the, in the building in the projects. I grew up in a building, Steve, that a thousand people lived in. And there were ten buildings within a one square block area. Wow, man! So it was, you know, there was when people ask me, you know, they'll say to me a lot of times, you, uh, where, "Where did you study acting?" I say, "I grew up in the Bronx." <laughs> you know, you, you when you when you walk outside and you have ten thousand people within a, within a two square block area, you really learn a lot about people and and about how to interact with them, and and you you learn. Uh, I mean, people are people. You learn about the accents, the ethnicity, and then. Uh, it's just it was it was for me it was the greatest training in the world and uh, and then I just you know and I sang in bands when I was a kid you know I had a couple of couple of little uh, little rock and roll bands and uh, I actually uh, uh, played at high schools and the like and I uh, I actually when I was 16 years old I spent a couple of months singing background harmonies for the Young Rascal and Come Felix on. lives down Felix lives down in Nashville been down there for some, uh, some yeah 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 years. absolutely I in know. fact I, in fact I still go out and do it. once in a while he'll call me up and ask me because like I could you know, when Eddie Bugatti wasn't wasn't doing anything with them after they had broken up he knew I like I could sing all of Eddie's stuff so how can I be sure and ain't it out my heart anymore and stuff so he asked me if I wanted to come out and I I said I want to come out and do some fossil rock yeah. you know. <laughs> <laughs> and we laughed about it, uh, uh, and then uh, I actually uh, ten years ago he came out here, flew out here, and he and he played uh, with a group of my uh, musician friends. Uh, did a set at my 60th birthday party, and I'm oh. I'm still very friendly with him. I and love so I, it. I, you know, I, I did. I was, I was always performing, but I did. It wasn't until I uh, I uh, did some small community theater work in uh, in Brookfield, Connecticut, uh, that I uh, that that the bug really bit. And at that time, I, I had just become a New York City fireman. I was a fireman oh. in the Bronx for 10 years. You're kidding. And so I had... I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. That. I didn't um, know that. From, 70, from 77 to 87. And I, uh, I, I had to... You know, the, that job enabled... All of my brothers were all cops and firemen. And that mm-hmm. job enabled me to, uh, to have the time off, the flexibility, and, uh, and the schedule-wise. And if I was supposed to work on a certain day, and if an audition early on came up, I could always get somebody to switch out for me. So uh, I, I did that for 10 years. And then in 1987, when I started to get a little bit of attention uh, uh, in, uh, in TV and a couple of small roles in films, that, uh, that I decided to take the plunge and I, I moved from the Bronx out to, uh, out to California. 
Uh, let me ask you this. Back up just a second. W- w- this ten years, you're with, you know, you're with tough guys. You're with firemen, and you're and yeah. you're with police officers. Your brothers, your family. While you're going and doing auditions, are they giving you grief? I mean, I remember the, the first audition I ever had. The <laughs> first commercial I ever got was a commercial for Kellogg's Frosted Mini Wheats, and it was it was a, uh, one about a two-headed giant, uh, crunchy wheat and nicely sweet. Oh, you're in I was crunch. I was listen. I was crunchy wheat. And in fact, I have the it was, our our images on the back of the uh, the cereal box, which I still have the cover of it. And when I when I would come in, when the guys would, would say, "Hey, look who it is! The, the two-headed the two-headed monster!" The, until they found out how much money I made, and then all of a sudden they all wanted an agent. Yeah, you know. Then they started to become a little nicer to me. You know? Yeah, they did. But, uh, Ooh, I yeah. love it. I but love you, it. And you know, even now when I when I go back uh, over the years, when I've gone back home, certainly not so much now because I'm, I know they're acting. They know they have to at least give me some new material when I walk in. But I'll go. <laughs> I'll go to meet a bunch of them at a bunch of the guys who used to work at a bar or something. Get them all together so I can do it all in one shot, so I don't have to uh, be a uh, drag out. I walk in, the first thing they say is. Hey, what did you do? Gain thirty pounds for your last roll? And you know what, Steve? You know you're home. You know you're home. Are you, you know kidding? You're home. Oh my God! Listen, listen. When I when I came back home, Jack, I was yeah. uh, I I walked in, and all of my friends were obviously twenty years older, and right. we, it ranges because. The number one tea box, it's the it's our Greenville Gothic Country Club, and you see the tea box right. from the uh, well, it's got bushes around it now, but you can see everybody's heads. But right. so I walk in, everybody's still sitting in the same seats, except they're twenty years they older, are. you know. And I of move back, and they're all looking at me like, and they just start doing, you know, you know, you know what I mean. They come, they go at me. There is no like it was yesterday. Right? Oh, there is no like. Oh my gosh, we're so proud of you. We love you. Yeah. We're so glad yeah. you're coming home and all that. It was right. all. It was like we just just didn't talk to each other for. I, they just saw me. It was only about thirty seconds, but it was twenty years. You know what I mean? They, it, there was no it, gap it, oh, in the conversation. Yeah. And you know what? And, and you know, you know that when you're the, the wiser coming. You know, don't don't listen to them because whenever you're not around, all they're doing is bragging about you. Yeah, but they can't. <laughs> They can't let you see it. I remember when I went back about 10 years ago for a high school reunion. They were, I don't know, a football team. We won the city championship when I was a kid. And they honored the team. And the, the night before, they were having a get-together at one of the guys' houses. And I, uh, I, I ran for president of the school. And, uh, and I beat a guy who was uh, also on the football team named Bill Lennox. Now, Bill Lennox went on to be third in his class at West Point, And he ran West Point for 35 years. Wow. I went to summer school for French that summer yeah. as the president of the school. So I go to, I go up to this house and I hear all the ruckus going on inside and the door is, I, the door is locked. So I knock on the door and they all get quiet. They say, who is it? I said, it's your president. They said, slide your GED under the door. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So you, and you knew you were home, man. Oh, you knew you it. were home. Yeah, there's nothing better. There's nothing bad. Oh, they'll, they'll break your stones, mm-hmm. but then you know the decision leaves. That, hey, that's my friend. Look out. Uh, you know, and eventually after they had enough beers, they'd say, you really took a chance. You really believed that you could do this and blah, blah, blah. I'm proud of you and all that kind of right, stuff. You know? But it usually takes usually takes eight or ten beers when they do yeah. that. <laughs> the truth. You know? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. By yeah. That, and by that time, they were exca- he, I'm exchanging body fluids with them because <laughs> they grabbed me around the neck and they're kissing me. And I'm like, give me a break, will you? <laughs> 
We're talking. I gotta get to. I gotta get to one of my meetings. Get out. Leave me alone. We're on with Jack McGee right now. There's a, there's nothing better than that. There's nothing better. All right, Jack. You did you you made the exodus to L.A. Were you out there a long time? And are you back? What's going on? Where are you living? What? Give me the. No, I, 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 I lived. I lived in. LA. I, I didn't live in L.A. I moved there. I never moved back. I uh, uh, we romanced the idea once in a while, but that hasn't happened now with this injury to my wife. Everything's been kind of put on hold. You know, it, I, I think that we're probably going to be here and, and, and stay here because I don't know that I want to start all over again in a new community and, and blah, blah, blah. I'd love to have – I mean, I went back to Woodstock, New York, and, and you can you can get uh, – I looked at a place there that had four and a half acres with a pond and a 4,000-square-foot uh, beautiful artist pond on it and a creek and everything and, and, and a great little uh, farmhouse. I mean, you couldn't buy a closet out here for that. Right, right. It's but a big uh, yeah, but this and being uh, being married to a uh, a valley girl, a girl from out here, you know, I need to tell her, honey, it's cold back there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> you know no, and you our got plan no was, you well, our no plan shot. was, yeah, our plan was to stay. Uh, no, she was uh, thinking about it too, and our plan was to just spend the spring and summer and the fall back there, and then go either down to New Orleans or or somewhere down south to uh, for the, to to ride out the winter and. In New York, but uh, and then then the uh, uh, the Broadway show came along and and we got our taste of winter back there and and uh, so that that's kind of faded. So I think we're going to pretty much stay put right where we are. But I, I I've been out here for uh, uh, I guess I well I came out here in 1987, so it's uh, wow. it's uh, it's almost 32 years. Yeah. Wow. We're talking to Jack McGee, incredible actor. He's a pal. Jack, we're the we are the birthplace, Mississippi. You're talking about singing, being a singer, loving music. Talking about Felix and everybody. Uh, we are the birthplace of American music. It's where it all started. I mean, Mississippi, it's, it's what we do. Yeah. So you yeah. get to play DJ. Would you like to hear Charlie Pride or Jimmy Buffett? Oh, I got to hear Charlie Pride. That's my man right there. That's my yeah, man. I, gotta, I mean, I like, I like Jimmy Buffett. He's great, but you got you to gotta be paralyzed on margaritas. No, 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 you do. Hey, listen, let me tell you, so you'll know you're talking baseball. Charlie Pride used to be a heck of a baseball player growing up, and it was the coolest thing. We're going to listen to a little Charlie Pride. We're with Jack McGee. He's not just acting, he's living, baby. We're in a Mississippi Minute. We're going to be right back. Kiss an angel good morning And love her like the devil when you get back home Kiss an angel good morning let her know you think about her when you're gone Kiss an angel good morning And love her like the devil when you get back home Hey team, are you or do you know an aspiring songwriter or artist that needs coaching and direction on how to navigate the music business? Do you have a corporate event? festival or fundraiser that needs entertainment or event consulting let all access azar bring your vision to life and help you avoid the mistakes that can steer success off course with access to my a to z wealth of knowledge expertise and contacts in the entertainment business my team and i are ready to help you help assess what your goals are and identify the steps to get there I'll bring many years of expertise and network resources to help facilitate the success of your brand. To learn more about the wide range of services we offer, visit our website, aaazar.com. That's aaazar.com. Fill out the form that fits your needs, and we'll get back to you. Thanks a lot. Check, check one. Where's all my bio? 
In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. I'm with Jack McGee. I'm talking about if you turn your TV on and watch a movie or watch uh, a a, a series, there's like 88.7% chance he's in it. I mean, I'm Jack. You work so much. Have Have you ever looked back and go, "Oh my gosh, I did that much," or you just don't, you can't keep count? Or, I mean, like, well, it's it's it's, it's funny because I my normal response to when I get that is, you know, if you sleep around, you get work. Yeah, you know, and <laughs> yeah. Uh, but but uh, I I am kind of blown away by it because there are a lot of guys who really really work hard at this business and they just don't get a break. And I think there's been uh, maybe 140. The TV shows or films or whatever, mm. and uh, I'm I'm kind of amazed. But oddly enough, uh, you know, you hit spells where I, I left. Uh, we we closed uh, the Iceman Comet on Broadway uh, this past July 1st. I flew home July 2nd, and I haven't even been out the door on a on an audition or an interview uh, since then. I mean, that happens. That's, right, it, right. That's okay because the phone could ring after I get off the phone uh, with you, and the phone could ring, and your life can change again. But I've been. I've been very fortunate to uh, to play uh, uh, to do to to be part of uh, a couple of series that have uh, that have uh, gone on. At least for, well, Rescue Me, I was on it for four years, and then a show called The McCarthy's uh, with uh, with Laurie Metcalf was at a full season, and then there was a show about baseball, the first female baseball player called Pitch, hmm. that I uh, that I got to play uh, uh, kind of a Don Zimmer kind of one of the one of the bench coaches, and that was a lot of fun. But I've been, I've been, I've been really, really uh, uh, very fortunate. You know, I I, I, I love the business. I love doing, well, I, I love being on the set. You know, I, I just like being part of that. And I think it's, here's, here's a, a rarity, because you and I, when, we, uh, when we've when been in each other's company, I have I've always said, I think I was trying to weasel my way into finding out how I could uh, sing with you, sing something with you. <laughs> So the next time we're together, we're going to have to work up something. Are you kidding me? We'll have so much fun. We won't know. what. Are you kidding? I would live for it. I'd love it. Yeah, it'd be great. <laughs> well, be listen, great. I'm all in, and that will happen Good. at one of these golf events. Okay, let's talk. When you go, you talk about you get excited to go in on the set. Is it sort of a memory? You know, you grew up an athlete. So it, does it feel right. a little bit like sports to you in that way? Do you, or do you use sort of your – uh, you know, I always draw upon sports growing up because I I did a little bit of everything and and uh, and I, I you know when we had a very athletic class and it was competitive and those right. juices flow and sometimes it just helps me it's helped it helped me in my business whether on stage or you know what I mean yeah oh yeah I I, I get it yeah because you know what uh, and and uh, having come from a a sports background. I was always been. I, I did pretty well in in, in football as, as a high school player. Uh, and the, but I've always been a mediocre athlete at best. But I, what I do know is that uh, uh, if, if that if you don't have guys up front that are that are doing the blocking for you, yeah. if you don't have guys that are as committed, uh, it's it's not that much fun, you no, know. And no. uh, and and I, I really enjoy the and then the same helps true with the fire department. I mean, if you if you don't have you could be the greatest fireman in the world. You could be on the nozzle when you're going into a job, but if that guy that's operating the uh, the uh, the uh, the engine, if he doesn't get the pressure right to come up there, if that water doesn't get to you, you're in trouble. No, you know, you're right. So the team, the teamwork involved, and it's very similar, I think, in 
in the in, in, in my business. I go when I go into work. I make sure everybody that I meet that I come in contact with, and if not, I I look for them. I try to let them know how important they are. And and most of that for me comes in the entertainment field. Is that when I when I first got my first silver tone guitar, my folks bought me from Sears. It had this big wide neck. And, and I couldn't get my stubby fingers around it. So I w- learned to play a couple of chords, not very well at all. And then soon after that, I started singing with this other little group at about 13, 14 years old. And I put the guitar aside because, you know, uh, when, when you're not feeling like you're, you're good enough at something, and yet the vocals were the things, so the right. microphone became my instrument. I but that. I do know this. If I get if I if I get asked to come the next time we're together and there's a, there's a band there, I can just tell them even if it's something as silly as give me Mustang Sally in the key of C and I'll count the drummer off. I know I know that's going to go well. But if you put me in a room with a piano and I'm trying auditioning for a musical, <laughs> I turn into alfalfa. <laughs> You we're know, talking, it's horrifying, man. Talking to Jack McGee. No, I get it. And listen, we're all mediocre athletes that are back in our time because, look, I mean, we, we, we ran into greatness and we saw it and around us. Right. And you go, man, that's good. And I've gotten right. to interview such great athletes on this show. You know, it's just I hate even bringing it up. But you and I can talk about it because we both know that where our abilities uh, sort of, uh, you know, what the limit was. So so we can, right. you know, right, we got yeah. it. I mean, I'm not talking to Reggie Smith right now. I'm talking to you and me. Exactly. And we're yeah. all right. Hey, so, yeah. Jack, tell me about, like, a surprising role. You you were surprised how much you lo- ended up loving Broadway and and but yeah. take me back to a role that was surprisingly incredibly wonderful and moved you beyond you know any role like a memory of uh, is there anything that you go oh man that was a surprise well you know the the, the one that I think comes to mind and I don't get asked this a lot it's a great question uh, I did a. Uh, I was asked by a good friend of mine who spent her own money, three hundred thousand dollars, and she was doing this film called Silver Skies. And I advise you to go on Netflix and, and just take a look at it. I'm doing it. And it was a film about a group of older people who are living in an apartment complex, and they find out within thirty days they either have to buy the apartments, which none of them can afford, or they're going to be thrown out. And and I when I if I tell you this cast, uh, it was uh, George Hamilton. Alex Rocco, Marriott Hartley, hmm. Barbara Bain, Jack Betts, uh, and and I got to play. Uh, I got to meet George Hamilton, uh, and uh, George, I played George the, the, his sidekick and the guy who's been taking care of him for thirty years. And George's story in the film was a guy who used to be a gopher for Dean Martin, and now because he has early onset Alzheimer's. He thinks he is Dean Martin from time to time. So there's humor in it, there's, there's, there's fun in it, there's silliness in it, but it sent home a message. And I remember when George, now when I think about it, I'm saying this to you, George Hamilton says to me, would you, would you please come in, uh, and come up to my, my place and would you go over this and rehearse this with me? Because I'm a little bit intimidated by this role. Because George's, most of George's persona has been making light of his tan. Yeah, right. I'm about to say, <laughs> but this was this was a this was a really really different role for him. So we sat talking over over lunch uh, a couple of days, and he started to talk to me about uh, dementia and Alzheimer's. And at that time, his mom had died of Alzheimer's uh, a few years before, and I was right in the middle of witnessing and being uh, 
uh, uh, one of the caregivers uh, to my oldest brother Bernie, who was uh, who was uh, uh, suffering with with Alzheimer's at the time. Huh. So we were like two blubbering fools there. But what happened was there was a connection that happened just in that conversation that we there was a trust that was that was built up that uh, he he that he every time he speaks to him, I break his balls all the time. But every every time he speaks to me, he thanks me for taking the time with him. Because if you take the if you take the time to to just watch this film, and you see his work, I think it's the best thing he's ever done. Mm. And it's a film that did. I mean, it didn't get a lot. We won some awards. We won some uh, some film festivals. But you you in the music business know how hard it is to get something to get recognized. Right. You know? Right. Right. But, so uh, that's that, the that Silver was, Skies. You said Silver Skies. Silver yeah. Skies. And it's uh, it's directed by Rosemary Rodriguez. And like I said, it's George Hamilton and and uh, and uh, uh, Marion Hardley and Barbara Bay, all so these cool. older actors. That uh, and it's, it's it's sweet. It's silly. It's sweet. And uh, I got to play this guy who uh, who, uh, in a way, I got to I got to make amends to my brother and then tell him it was okay because he was he, you know he, he suffered at the end and and then but then I also got to know George you know yeah. George George and I became became quick friends. And still to this day, we are. I love it. I, I know. I, I mean, I just, you know, he's. You're right. He has the tan. He's, but he he makes and, fun and, and of it, also, which is so he's great. Also, yeah, he's also Hollywood royalty. Oh, I know I he mean, is. You know, yeah. You go into his you go into his house and you see that uh, he's a guy that owned owned the uh, Hamilton cigars that were at one time were pumping out over four million dollars, four million cigars a uh, a year wow. and, uh, during the during the sixties and and I mean the history of the the photos that he has on the on the wall with all these different people, and to think about a, a kid from the South Bronx sitting in uh, and rehearsing and, and doing yeah. something and having him uh, be appreciative of what we were both able to bring to that piece was uh, was pretty amazing. Do you ever get nervous in a situation like that? Anybody ever make you nervous? You know, I, I, I get excited. No, I, 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 no, because you know, it's like well, it's like anything else. You meet these guys that are that are the, the pro athletes and and uh, and, and the like and. And you know, but they—they just all—they're all people. Because I want to know about people's uh, their lives, their kids, right. their—you know—their what's going on in their everyday life. Because after a while, there's enough people when you do. When I made the rounds, I did that. Uh, was in that movie, The Fighter, with Mark right. Wahlberg and Christian Bale, and I, I got to go to all the parties and all the stuff and all the hoopla. But you know, then after all the award shows are over, the day after it's over, nobody knows who you are again. <laughs> but the people—the people around you that uh, that know you. Uh, the, the 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 road gets narrower, I think, as you get a little bit older. You get to be more selective as as to uh, the group of people that you want to let in and you want to uh, uh, spend more time with. We're Jack McGee. What an actor! What a man! Steve Azar in a Mississippi Minute, and all sixty of them, because that's what we do. Stand by. Alexa's part of your life, you've got one more way to access Super Talk. Super Talk Mississippi is now available on Amazon Alexa devices. Once enabled, just say Alexa Play Super Talk Mississippi at any time and start listening. It's that easy. Just one more way to stay informed and connected with your state. Learn more at supertalk.fm slash Alexa. 
Super Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Now available on Amazon Alexa devices. In a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I've been so excited. To, this has been a long day trying to get Jack and I together, and it was my fault because of, uh, well, I could blame myself. Nah. But it's, it was the Internet's fault. And uh, So, Jack, let's talk about the Internet. Let's talk about TV and all of the outlets that are out there now. Has that made a difference in bringing in work? And then you got to well, deal, like, deal with people being able to find it because there's so much yeah. that's so saturated. But uh, have you noticed an uptick in opportunities? Well, you know, as I just said to you before, you would think the uh, after being uh, recognized for the for the uh, and uh, winning uh, the awards at these uh, these shows for the fighter, and then earlier on a movie called Crash that I was able to be a part of, and then a couple of hit TV shows, you know, and and it's it's a funny thing you would uh, uh, you you know, and as I told you, it's been since July that I've been home, and the phone hasn't rung, and and that's. And that's a rare thing. Usually that happens. And I keep saying to myself, well, I guess maybe I'm retired until the next job comes along. Hmm. You know, uh, there is there is a, an amazing amount of, of content out there. But there's also it's the, the, the problem is to find it. And, and, and I sometimes think to myself, well, maybe, maybe, this, maybe it is tailing off now because you would think with all the, uh, with all the outlets that are out there and all the, the avenues to go down, now, somebody might need a, a short old fat Irish guy to play somebody's <laughs> grandfather, you know. And then I'm not, and I'm realistic about that. And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be. I, I, I could care less whether it was an African American or an, uh, an Arabian. I could, I could care less. Right. But I just uh, so I, there is a lot more work out there, and there's a lot of talent out there too. Uh, and then, but it is very, very difficult to find it sometimes. Find do, the, do you get? The, do you get uh, antsy? Do you get antsy, or you settle into the time off? I'm, I mean, this for the first time. I'm, I'm really kind of enjoying the time off, and I'm not. I don't call the agency much at all. They know if they get me out, I'll, I'll chances are I'll book something. They know if they if they if they uh, put the effort in and 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 do the sales pitch to at least get me in the door. Chances are our our numbers have been pretty good percentage wise. Uh, but I try to keep myself busy. I'm I'm busy in my uh, in a twelve step community. Very busy with that, helping guys out to Wonderful. to help them uh, turn their lives around. And also, I've been I've been uh, I play racquetball a couple of days a week with some guys, and and I just uh, joined this year. I joined in a, uh, a senior softball league. On and I, t- I tell you what, I need a flashlight and a map out there, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but I, but I'm 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 with these guys, and it's like a, there's a bunch of new guys in my life, and they're all a bunch. Of, everybody's got an act. And everybody's got a is a piece of work, and I guess I'm one of them. So I just I'm keeping myself busy, and also now too with this thing happening with my wife. If this happened while I was any time during the five months when I was back in New York, I would have just left the show, right? Because I know right. I know what my priorities are. I know right. that I know that it's uh, it's it's important. I love doing what I'm doing, but uh, nothing is more important to me than uh, than my wife and and my family, and now my health. I've I've been. Uh, I've been keeping uh, keeping weight off for a long time, and and, and you uh, battled you I, did battle uh, c- cancer at some point, didn't you? I bet, yeah, about twenty years ago. Yeah, I had a, had a, a year then chemotherapy, and and uh, and I also I, I, you know I, I became a uh, vegetarian about five years ago, and and my numbers are down. My numbers are all good. 
I'm in pretty good shape. It's, it's kind of hard to think about. Not hard to think about. I'd get a kick out of it because it's just a number of, of, of going to be turning 70. And I'm probably in the best shape. I mean, I've, I've been in, in a long time that I can remember. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't need a, a three-in-one oil can getting up in the morning. Right. You know, <laughs> I know. I no, no. Like, no, I could use some oil. Yeah. I, maybe that's what I've been missing, man. I, you have to, I would like to be wrung out. Like, just ring me yeah, out something. like a dish rag, you know? Yeah, give, yeah, put me in the steam bath with some Bengay or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, hey, Jack, I can't thank you enough for taking the time. Uh-huh. I mean, this has been give so much fun. And, uh, oh, and I can't wait thanks. to see you. I'll see you in California. We'll be out there. Our son's. Yeah. And, and then when are you, you coming out? you come out here for do some shows? I'll come out here pretty soon, but I'm going to come out and visit. Our son lives in West Hollywood. He's a filmmaker, and he's young oh, and, and a wild child, and uh, he's, he's, he's got a great talent. So he's, uh, he's going to endure. He's going he's gonna to chase it, and it's, uh, it's been good. He had a film in the, uh, that made it to the, uh, uh, what do you call it, Austin Film Festival. So that was a good start. Oh, great. And so he's, he's, oh, I'll great. introduce you guys. You guys would love each other. Great. We're going to say a prayer for your, br- your bride. Blessings Thank to her. You so much. And, uh, and we've been with Jack McGee. been in the Mississippi Minute. That's how we roll. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. Saving you money, I'm Linda Bell with the Fox Business Network. April Lewis Parks at Consolidated Credit has a 30-day plan to shape up your finances. The first five days begin with budgeting. The next four focus on savings. Once your budget is in place, you can see how much extra money you have and how your cash flow is. Day 11 through 14, figure out your basic needs. The next three days, zero in on banking by reviewing the fees you pay. Day 18 through 20, she suggests looking at your health care costs. Review their policies to ensure they're covered and know how much out-of-pocket expenses they'll pay. The next three days, target your credit by getting free copies of your credit reports at annualcreditreport.com. Day 24 through 28, her advice is to manage your debt. Take most of your cash flow and put it towards your debt with the highest interest rate. To close out the plan, she proposes taking the last three days to figure out how well positioned you are for retirement. Saving you money, I'm Linda Bell, Fox News. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.